Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab. My name is Lisa Gumbo Regisford, and today's show we are going to be talking eco fashion. Now, once upon a time, we all know that eco fashion was perceived as a practical, dull, boring, shapeless, scratchy, and attractive sort of um, story. But today is actually perceived as a hot rising trend. It took a long time to overcome the initial reaction to eco-friendly fashion as a novel concept that you don't necessarily want to be seen in when you head out. But today, here we are talking eco-fashion because it's the new black. Now, you obviously can ca- can have a cutting-edge fashion at no cost to the earth, but you can also do it in a responsible way. So um, we're going to be talking uh, around eco-fashion. Uh, but before we move further, I would love to introduce my co-host, um, Morwick Peterson. Who's Good also, afternoon. Who's also joined me in studio <laughs> with his hair down today. <laughs> Good afternoon, Lizzie. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. I mean, Lizzie, sorry, you look absolutely phenomenal. No, let's I just start, love let's start with now. what are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing? I now? have on um, my fall winter 2016, one of my pieces that, you know, I personally make for myself. I'm still working on it and, um, a little cocky, um, Chinos with my Puma Select. Okay. Um, I have my black tie going on. My hair's curled. It's in treatment because you know tonight Mercedes Benz Fashion Week starts and by tonight the hair will be up and ready. Mm. I mean, you look absolutely. I just love when you look like this, Lily. Well, how do I look? I feel like like a boring grandma. I today. love your little, <laughs> you know, um, your leather jackets, your collections, just how it sits, you know, and then you always break it with such a beautiful contrast. Um, I don't know, is that a green, but your boots. And then you look extra tall And then you just look amazing And then I was listening to a song that just made me think of Liz So I'm very Liz, Liz, Liz I want to say I got it from my mama But anyway, it's good I mean, it's a beautiful um, Wednesday here again um, We are going to be talking uh, eco fashion But before we go into that, Morik, um What are some of the things that you feel you would like to do differently when it comes to your fashion business that actually position you as an eco-friendly um, sort of a fashion brand or fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, I'm, I, I must say, you know, since we are co-host and and we're also business partners, in terms of of of, of eco fashion, you know, I'm learning a lot from you, and like you always explaining to me what it really is because you know my head is all over the place in terms of I think eco fashion always goes with um, sustainability and it's something that you always explain to me what it really means um, to be sustainable in terms of when I look at um, your setup and how you know your overall treatment of how you go about even um, just sourcing um, your your cottons you know and how you look into to cotton and how passionate you are about organic cotton I really want to go into cotton into the um, 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 organic cotton yeah, Yes, yes, but still, Liz, you know, I'm very, because the feel of it for me, but when I always look at the end results of your garments, I'm like, okay, but I must be 100% sure, and you know, I'm always honest, I'm not, I'm not too clued up when it comes to organic cotton and how you know, how to weave it in, you know, to make a beautiful garment. You know, the good thing is that we've got experts and I know that there's a lot of people who are also probably listening and saying, you know what, I want to be a bit more eco-friendly this year, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do to be able to actually be categorized in that group. Yeah. So one of the things I want to do is I want to just share four, my five, my top five ways 
of how to actually approach business in an eco-friendly manner mm-hmm. so that people can actually digest it. Because I feel like sometimes eco-fashion, sustainable fashion, eco-friendly, yeah. some terms kind of just confuse people. Yes. And they're like, what is that? Let me just stick to what I've always been doing. Yeah. So one of my top uh, five points would be around workers and working conditions. We obviously know that, you know, we need clothes made under conditions where workers are treated um, properly, they're paid fairly, and eco-fashion obviously incorporates some human rights elements specifically around how workers are treated to make the clothing. Um, Brian Ramikalawana. I never get that name right. <laughs> the CEO of um, Cape Town Fashion Council, do not kill me. I'm going to try this again. Brian Rakim, Rakil Lamuan. Yes. Okay. He reiterates the importance of fair production. And he says, a chief part of our success is the story. You know, you can track the garments. You can track who produced the garments. You can even visit the person producing the garments. You can steal the idea, but you can't steal the story. Absolutely. So that is one point I think is very crucial. Another one is definitely durability of clothing because at the end of the day, if it's not made to last, why are we even making it? Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, another third point um, to make it easy for those who are listening to actually understand um, some of the ways that you can break this down when you speak eco-fashion is recycling other than wasting. And my motto, you know, me, I'm a recycle queen. Yeah. My motto has always been that, you know, uh, if you're not wearing it, you're not donating it, you might as well recycle it. Yeah. Give it a new life. So, I mean, you can't just, if you can't change, you know, or if you can't get enough of recycling, like shoe designer, Kyo Viatu, um Sharon Camberbatch, who we had last week on the show, who's just re- decided to design a whole new brand of shoes made out of recycled glass and Swarovski crystals, which is you amazing. can then go for it. So she's not even she's her policy and her way of design is everything is recycled for the whole brand. And then obviously, if you want, you can even go ahead and design your whole brand from recycled textiles, plastic or anything you feel would actually save the environment. Um, my fourth point would be fabric choices. Now, what I mean here is the use of fabric produced by methods like, you know, that are not harmful to the environment. So you've got yeah. um, organic cotton versus cotton, which yeah. is an example. Um, you've also obviously got a, a couple of other fabrics and we're going to put up some links on Twitter as well. So you guys can join into the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, going to cost you more. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> yes. you're open to make decisions yeah. based on your conscience. And that's what we're talking about now, Morwick, is... You can decide what you want to do. And um, obviously, as we're going to be going into the show and speaking to Dominic uh, Lagrange, who's our guest in studio, we'll also be able to unpack and uh, share with her and also hear how she actually goes along and how she makes it work for her. Because absolutely, it's, the conscience, I guess, is bigger than the price that you pay yes, the, the actual. for what you... Yes. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say, and personally as a fashion brand too, I would also say from my experience, I definitely want to make that change and cross over to try and use as much of 100% um, natural fiber as I can. So... Let me hurry and rob the bank. Sorry, save <laughs> save my change so we can get there. My last point is around the fashion designer. And I say this because charity begins at home. Absolutely. Now, if you're a brand or a designer who does not understand the importance of having an approach to business, which embodies social, cultural, and environmental values, then we need to go back to the drawing board and start again. Because 
saying you want to or understanding and having a conscience that you want to actually do this because of what it does or because mm-hmm. of the value mm-hmm. is one thing but we can't force we in our in where i come from in kenya we say you can take a cow to the river but you can't force it to drink the Absolutely. water you know so the cows that want to chill can chill go back home and feel hungry but the water was there you know so according to a report put out by the faculty of art design and architecture of johannesburg the fashion designers need to have an impact driven approach to fashion design which they say is not or is less trend led and which results in design being a driver of change so they are encouraging designers to have an approach to business which embodies social cultural and environmental values and they are also um encouraging designers to come up with proficient strategies uh, strategies that can actually embrace change. So I think um for those who are tuned in you can keep your tweets coming share with us your favorite um African eco-friendly brands yeah. um share with us what your thoughts are around this conversation. Um we will be joined by our contributors on the show as well. We've got Nicola Cooper who will be coming in with her trend report. We've got um Mile High Fashion uh, with Lynn Jasmine and we've also got echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. Also just a quick reminder, my favorite segment <laughs> is still on always on every show. It hasn't changed. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? And I would love to encourage you to keep your um Keep your tweets coming. Think about who you want to address and why. It could be a good reason. It could be a bad reason. We really don't mind. Just uh, join us in when we get to that uh, segment. Now, I want to introduce a very special guest, um, fashion designer for Luna, which is an established South African fashion and lifestyle brand with natural simplicity at the core of their philosophy. Now, since Luna's inception 20 years ago, they have strived to create clothing to be as natural as possible, wow. not just in design, but fabrication as well. Their signature style is understated with wearable feminine garments in quiet, luxurious clothes. Um, mm. Dominic, uh, welcome to It sounds to like a dream. I know, it sounds, as, I know, as it you sounds say like it, a little film. <laughs> it sounds like a film. No, absolutely, Liz. I'm so intrigued. Welcome to the show, Dominic. Welcome, Thanks. Dominic. Thanks for having me. Now, before we go on, uh, we'd love to know who you're wearing. This is not the last segment. It's just, <laughs> you look nice in blue and um, it's just interesting. Of we love to share who we're wearing. Of course, I'm wearing Luna, uh, my own brand. Um, uh, Luna is really a team. Uh, it, it was founded t- over 20 years ago by Karen Tamorsezen. Um, and her philosophy was always about embracing nature and being inspired by our landscape. We have such a beautiful landscape. Wow. Um, and I um, was given the reins and uh, what an amazing opportunity. And, and I try and strive to continue that um, philosophy that she started. Now, um, could you tell us, Dominique, or just share with us a bit about your brand ethos and then how they play into your fashion business from concept of a garment all the way to production? Um, we really do believe in building um, garments that are going to last. We, um, we create very simple silhouettes, um, very classic, very natural and very wearable, hopefully with a little bit of a twist and a little bit of interest. Um, we use the best possible material that we can get and we use natural material as as much as possible um unfortunately often it's a little bit difficult to um find out exactly the chain where the garment has where the fabric has come from from the 
very first supplier to the, the supplier that we get it from. Um, but we are striving to get our suppliers to provide us with more information all the time. Dominic, I, I love the fact that you said you know you guys strive and continue to use um, natural um, um, fabrics and textiles. Um, I've, I've seen one piece of yours. I don't know if it tie dyed at the end, but it's absolutely phenomenal. Stunning. Um, do you guys? Um, is that something that you specialize in? Is <laughs> into tie dye and also do you use your own textiles? You know, you you create your own textiles and in terms of your own fabric. Um, we source as much fabric locally as possible. Unfortunately, the local textile industry has really taken a knock in recent years. Um, so we use as much as we can locally. And um, when we can develop our own textiles, we do. And mm-hmm. we have done for special um, occasions. Um, we'll hand crochet garments, oh, for wow. example. Jeez. Or we'll knit. Or we believe in that old, real um, handwork feeling. That um, it's something we've lost—a craft. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as far as the dyeing goes, we um, we dye that ourselves in in house. Um, looks phenomenal. And we have investigated using a lot of natural pigments. Mm. Um, it, it, People expect things to have a really vivid, bright chemical hue, and that's yeah. not something that we're attracted to. <laughs> we don't want the chemicals. We want to keep the chemicals off our skin. We want to wear the most natural things on our skin that we can. So are you also using natural dyes uh, um, other than... Um, we have for spe- for special show garments, um, but unfortunately for commercial garments, yeah. yes, for for ready to wear, not as much. No. Okay, and then in in terms of um, just because we on this um, um natural organic cotton, is it one hundred percent um organic cotton that Absolutely you guys use? Absolutely not. I okay. wish it was, <laughs> <laughs> but it looks. It really gives this this organic look. I mean, it, it really does. We would love to be able to get organic cotton, but as I said, the supply chain is almost um, secretive. Mm. We go to our suppliers and say, what is this cotton? Where is it from? They don't even know because they've just bought it from somebody else who bought it from somebody else, and they're not asking those questions. Absolutely. And the more the designers push and ask those questions, the more that that question is going to go along the chain and Mm -hmm. we're going to eventually get some answers. So can I ask just um, out of curiosity, what type of percentage do they say to you this is like 60% organic um, we can get certain from certain suppliers. We can get um, an answer that specific, um, but those are very, very expensive. Very yeah, yeah, um, beyond the reach. <laughs> it's expensive. Be, beyond the reach of our average customer, unfortunately. So, so you know, for me, the process of the question would be that obviously, when we look at cotton, for example, we know that cotton is one of the most. Um, uh, I think kind of implicates the soil in, 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 in one of the worst ways, the earth. And even the pesticides that are used are just shocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when somebody says to me, they're giving me a blend of like, uh, of cotton and organic cotton, is that really, am I, is it, does it really help the situation? Well, um, I do a believe. Blend. No, That's because different. if you're not a hundred percent organic, if you're yeah. not, yeah, if you're, if, <laughs> If the fabric is not 100% organic, yeah. what, what is the other percentage? Um, I've, there's a recent in the market, there's a, a lot of clothing that says it's 5% organic cotton. And it's, it's kind of, what is the point of that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People can just sell 
air out here. <laughs> but so the positive side of that for me is that they're opening up that question. They're getting the, the customer and the consumer to think about it mm. because it's a supply chain. Mm. And when the customer actually asks, what am I wearing? What difference does it make? <laughs> Eventually, that question filters up through the supply chain. And so we hope that the five percenters will stop it. But I mean, like, as, they really need to stop. It's just as you saying, you know, going through that process. How do you, how do you in an, an ordinary cotton then add five percent of organic and, and, cotton? And it, and it doesn't make sense it because doesn't the make process sense. is what, uh, how it grows is what makes it organic, right? So, so how does, are we selling uh, air out here to people? Um, maybe, Dominic, <laughs> can you help here? Because I'm trying to also understand. How is something 5%? Is it mixed? Is it just the fibers from the, the organic fibers. cotton mixed with some of the cotton? So the fibers would be blended before they actually spin the yarn. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I see. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we know, Liz. <laughs> Liz, the people in Cape Town, what did they specialize in? I, you have a very have, close relationship yes, with them. Yes, I've got a relationship with Hemporium um, because I've also, I really have tried, Dominique. Dominique's looking at me like, are you serious? <laughs> I, I, What I find is, first of all, that, you know, being organic, but using organic um, or natural fiber is very expensive. And yeah. when I look at, um, you know, fiber like hemp, which, which is nice, it's beautiful. I want to be, I really want to take myself and convert to a hundred percent, um, uh, fashion brand that is identified as eco-friendly in every manner whatsoever. But how, 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 I mean, how you look at your costs, you look at yeah. your business and you, Am I going to spend 200 or 300 <laughs> rand a meter? A I mean, me on a meter or yeah. something. Yeah. There are those customers who are aware of that and, and have that, um, real thoughtfulness in what they wear, but they're very few and far between in South Africa, especially. We, we're, we're driven by fast fashion at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're celebrating the dip- disposability of clothes. Um, which is quite sad mm. um, Hemp, as you, you mentioned hemp um, It is a wonderful fiber It's one of the few things that we are beginning to investigate Creating locally as a textile um, And it's a wonderful crop Because it doesn't use a lot of water to grow It's not. Um, it doesn't take over and become a monoculture And mm. it has a very um, quick turnaround mm. Yeah, it grows very fast Tell me, does the, do these prices, because obviously you're using as much as you can of the natural fibers um, on, around your brand, is it something that affects your price points at the end of the day when you have... Absolutely. It's, so how do you work around that? Well, and, and still smile and still yes, be in business? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Luna is known for linen. It is our, our, the number one thing that we use. And it we will not give up using linen. Um and we have our dedicated customers who've been coming to us for two decades for linen, and they're willing to pay for it because yeah. it's going to last longer. But obviously, you de- you've also built all these years. You've been building a customer base as well, and obviously, when a customer's happy, they'll always come back. So you obviously have a sort of following of people who care about. We do, and um, we want to look after those customers. And of course, along the years, certain customers disappear. Dominic, and I must say, and because you guys are situated on 44, Henley, 44 Stanley. And with Stanley. And when I walked into your store, it was just absolutely 
refreshing. You know, I looked around and I said, "It, Liz, have you seen this door? I mean, it is just absolutely phenomenal. And it gives you this, if you're into, you know, the linen and that type of fabric, you, you just feel right at home. I mean, even mm. the way you you guys have laid out the store and how you work in the store, it's absolutely phenomenal. We're actually undergoing a really exciting development. We're busy refreshing the whole look of our store. Wow. Which is it's going to be lovely. Um, but... It's a it's a gallery for our clothing. Uh-oh. Yeah, I love it. I, I love, love it. it. I love it as well. Um, so tell me another thing. Do you guys source everything locally? Um, when it comes to your Unfortun- organ- unfortunately not. There just isn't there Enough. isn't that available. Yeah, we wish we could. Um, and it's those small decisions that make a big difference. I think along the way. Um. For us, to, we use as much as we can from local suppliers, um, but the textile industry has shrunk so much that we have to bring things in. But we ask, where is it coming from? We keep asking those questions of our suppliers, and they're, they're starting to ask those questions too. So you're, you're like you're right. You say that everything starts from the end. So when the consumer We're questions, not the end. no, but yeah. I'm just saying the fact <laughs> that it's going back up yeah. is going to definitely affect some changes, hopefully positive changes yeah. on the top we part of the chain so that you can actually benefit and everyone can be smiling and your consumers can also be smiling. Yeah, we we hope so. Um it's it's easy for the end user to feel divorced from what actually the big impacts. Um you know, fashion and textile industry is is the second biggest polluter in the world after petroleum. Mm. We don't even think about that. And we think what can we actually do? It's too big. It's too enormous. All those chemicals and dyes and Solvents that they use to dissolve wood fiber to turn them into viscoses. It's China is completely polluted because of this. Yeah, mm. um, and we we don't realize that our little decisions do make a difference along the way. So, Dominic, in terms of of Luna, what percentage would you say you guys are at when it comes to um, being an eco friendly brand? I wouldn't say that we're in. Entirely eco-friendly at all, mm-hmm. as, as much as we wish we could be. We are certainly 100% eco-conscious. Okay. Everything that we do is considered. Um, unfortunately, we do have to use a lot of um, imported fabric that we can't trace Okay. entirely. But the one thing that we are very proud of is that everything is completely locally made. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's also a direct impact on the lives of the people who actually make the garments yeah and um, and it just saves on air miles do you think dominic <laughs> um also because in terms of you guys use a lot of solid colors you know yeah. whites and um yeah. the color that you have on today does that make it easier in terms of having to go back now to um, your textiles and say to them okay i need more of the same fabric because yes. it's very tricky these days if you take for example um a paisley you know and you're doing a whole collection and now you get an order of 300 and then you go back to the factory and they're like um, well we don't have that paisley anymore so do you think it's a little bit more easier since you guys use a lot of solids and being able to go back and say you know what can can you supply us more of the fabric? Yes, um, and it, it it does. It all all comes back to the fact that we want our clothes to last long. Mm-hmm. And if you have a pair of beautiful charcoal linen trousers in your cupboard, it's you can wear those for ten years. Absolutely. Um, it, whereas if you have 
hot pink paisley pants <laughs> you're gonna wear them six times and then throw them out <laughs> tell me i'm really looking forward to uh your sa fashion week collection is there anything any hint mm. uh, anything that we can just mm. kind of hear as we anticipate we um, are really looking forward coming. to it too it's not the usual Usually we do our daywear collection, um, but this is a very small focused collection and wow. it is very luxurious, very high end evening wear. Mm. Um, we want it to be that lunar dream. Um, we're known for our bridal and we're known for our special evening wear. Um, so um, we want it to just be that little capsule that represents that desire to have a lunar dress. I am very excited. We're very excited. Very you know excited. what? We're going to be back after the break. We are talking to Dominique Lagrange from Luna. Uh, we are discussing eco fashion. We'd love to hear from you guys. Our lines are open. We are on 0861 We are also on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF. We will be right back after the break. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. I patiently waited for you for nine months. I would sit in my chair and talk about how I longed to meet you. I knew you'd be the most beautiful baby in the world. I was ready for you, but I wasn't ready for this. If you have a child in need of reconstructive surgery, Smile Foundation can help you. Visit www.smilefoundation.co.za or call us on 0861-276-453. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. We are right back. This is um, the Fashion Lab right here on cliffcentral.com. You can get us every Thursday from 1 to 2. <laughs> Liz said Wednesday. I'm like, mm -mm, she's in that Wednesday. I think it's the song that, that you listen to. <laughs> We're hanging out in studio with Dominic from Lunum. Yes. And but I think let's just, yes, but let's yeah. just roll over um, to high fashion with Lynn um, Jasmine and then we will continue this lovely conversation. Absolutely. Um, with Dominic. She's coming through. She she must be somewhere in the world. You know, Lynn is always, if not in London, then in Paris. Let's hear where she is. Hello. Hey, Lynn. <laughs> Hello, Lynn. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How are you? We're good. We're, We're just a bit worried. We're wondering where are you in this world? <laughs> I'm in bed, bedridden, because I have the flu, like a bad, bad case of the flu. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, on that note, Lynn, we won't ask you what you're wearing, <laughs> but, but we'll go straight over to you with your high mile fashion. So, we're talking eco-fashion this week. Um, I'm someone who is like a big advocate, especially for environmental issues. And I think we need to take responsibility as an industry that's so massive because there are issues like child labor and poor wages and environmental damage. And it just goes on and on and on with the decisions that we make when we make these um, decisions related to the way we buy and as designers, the fabrics that we choose and so forth. So uh, something I wanted to touch on was like com campaigns like buying local. They are so significant because just as an example, um, me as, 
as a designer based in Cape Town, I'm not going to, or I shouldn't be flying in fabrics from Bangladesh because I'm contributing to the CO2 um, emissions, you know, in the air, which then results in global warming. And I just wanted to use that as an example to show like the chain of events that can happen on the decisions that we make for whatever it is that we're doing. Another thing I also wanted to mention was I myself am slightly guilty of making poor decisions when it comes to buying fashion. Um, and something that changed my mind and my perspective about all of this was I read a book called Why Fashion Matters by Frances Corner. And in there, Frances educates us on different sustainable fashion initiatives around Africa. And then another book that I recommend is To Die For by Lucy Siegel. And in there, she exposes the inhumanly shocking story behind the clothes that we wear. So I think, as you say, Liz, a lot of people want to be more aware, but they don't know how or they don't know how to make the changes. And I think that it's important that we educate people on that. So I will buy um, my key pieces in my wardrobe. I will buy not from like the high street and from like big department stores. Are you promising then, that or are you just listen, saying? <laughs> I'm not finished, Liz. But then... Things that I change all the time because there are pieces that I will wear once or twice maximum and then that's the end of the road for you. Oh, girl, you know? stop. <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> so, I, so I have a bag and I will give those clothes to the list. I actually have a lady, a lady at the Shell Garage that I give my old stuff to. So that makes me feel better about life. But there's a question that I don't laugh, guys. This is a serious issue. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a question that I'm I wanted sorry. to pose to the people in studio. Mm-hmm. So like H&M, for example, they are a, um, what did we, what did we say? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, don't put us under they pressure. Have a, they have a, they, no, no, they have a conscious collection, right? Yes, yes, the gray, the gray area. The, yes, like they that, have yeah. a conscious collection that mm-hmm. they dedicate to being more conscious about the decisions that they make for fashion, right? Yeah. But then on the other end, they still have their fast fashion running swiftly and very quickly. Yeah. So I just wanted to know how does that rectify the, the wrong other that's things being done on the other side. <laughs> Dominic is here. Dominic. Dominic yes, will answer yes, that. Dominic. Dominic, I would appreciate a response on that. Well, it really doesn't rectify their general attitude to to building clothing in um but um it does open up the question and it does get people thinking, it does get people talking, and it begins to educate the consumer. Um and it eventually, hopefully, will lead to people making a little bit of a a thoughtful decision when they buy that next outfit. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, we, people, we all need to make money. I'm sorry. Like, forgive me. <laughs> Although, yes, we are trying to push a <laughs> Yes, Liz, I, I, I'm sorry. But I mean, at the end of the day, 
as a big retailer, they also still need to make money. It's the same thing as Dominic is saying is that we, we growing and we getting to a stage where we understanding and like we're being educated. And I think a lot of people, um, especially within the fashion industry, really don't understand and how big and how important and how, uh, how diverse this eco and fashion thing is. I think for me to answer um, Lynn's question is I don't think, um, for me one of the things as a smaller um, brand is I already have done my research. I'm already conscious enough to know how I want to play in this mm. game and therefore the only thing that I would say would be holding me back would be the financial um, side of it because mm. it's not a it's not a, an affordable, it's not just an easily affordable yeah. affair. But I feel that there's brands who understand it. They're conscious about it. They know what it, you know, they, they know what time mm-hmm. it is, but they have still chosen to double up, you know. So I, I think for me, um, creating a collection that is a bit eco-friendly and then doing other things the other way around is not, cannot justify. I don't think. It, it puts you in the right category yes, because absolutely. it because what it would do and I haven't said I'm not talking specifically about any brand I'm just saying I think if you're going big go big or go home and then mm-hmm. if you uh-huh. wanna if you wanna start small because of financial constraint start small it doesn't hurt to start with some collections within your brand that are purely um, you know made out of natural fiber I think um, at the end of the day we've also discussed and agreed that. Um, being eco-friendly is not necessarily, or being sustainable is not necessarily just by using hemp. It, yeah. There's so many, there's other, so many other factors that, yeah. Yes, that contribute to that. So I think it's just about being conscious and everyone's on different levels and letting your conscience drive you. I mean, your instinct shouldn't lie to you. And yeah. if you know better, uh-huh. then, you know. Look, um, yes. the um, financial considerations are not the only um, Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the setback for us, we, we don't care if our dress costs 2,500 rand for a dress. Our customers want that. Yeah. They want something special that's going to last a long time. Yeah. Um, our problem is um, supply. We can't get eco-friendly fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if, if, and we keep speaking about these international big brands. What about our local big brands? Pip, Jet, Mr. Price. Yeah, yeah. Where, where are they taking responsibility? Why Absolutely. Aren't, why aren't they asking the fabric suppliers to bring in these fabrics that have an ethical chain of supply? Absolutely. Yes, I I agree completely. And I also think that, like you guys say, it doesn't come cheap, but I think that just there are are certain stores that I cannot go into and buy clothes from because my conscience won't allow me. So I think that we just need to make those kind of decisions and, you know, so that we are okay. When we go to sleep at night, we're okay with the decisions that we make. That's also, it. Also, if the demand is there, the fabric price comes down. If if more fabric that is um, ecologically friendly and ethically produced is brought in and manufactured, the price comes down. Mm. Wow, Lynn, this is going to be a long conversation, Absolutely. so we're going to let you <laughs> drag yourself back in bed. <laughs> Thank you for your time with us today. Um, get better soon, and we will uh, be in touch again next week. Ciao, ciao, Lynn, and welcome All back right. to South Africa. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Ciao, ciao. Wow, that was Lynn Jasmine putting us on blast. <laughs>
you know. <laughs> Very intense, Liz. I think um, the, um, the topic in discussion um, this week, it's, it's a very intense and it's, it's it really something that I love, um, Dominic, as well, because, you know, I'm learning about this whole um, eco fashion, you know, sustainability. Is there, I've, I've just been really curious, is there um, a corporate or people that come and say, you are now um, organically, you are now... I don't know, like a certificate or whatever that says your brand is now eco-friendly or Absol- something like that. There are organizations like that, but not in South Africa. Oh, okay. Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're going to go on and on, but I want to make sure that we also plug in Nicola's trend report. Absolutely. Um, and then we can... Uh, Continue this very interesting conversation around eco fashion. Our lines are open. We are on eight zero eight six one triple five one eight nine, and we are also on Twitter on Fashion Lab AF. You're welcome to join in the conversation. In addition to this, when we're looking at the simple life um, color trends, we're looking at sort of a deep dark uh, spinach green, milky blues. Paradise greens, which are more of a lime green, quite a pale, uh, warm uh, yellow entitled lemonade, um, the lotus color, which is a very soft pink. And uh, for those who love brights, this kind of spiced coral, which is a more intense uh, red with a coral undertone. That's so, a little snippet of what we will be talking it's <laughs> with exciting. Nicola around this beautiful trend uh, report called Simple Life. Nicola, welcome to the show. Hi guys, how are you doing? Uh, hello yeah. Nicola, we just got a little bit of a snippet and it sounds interesting, very exciting. Okay, great. Well, I mean, I think um, it's in opposition to our lives at the moment, uh, Liz and Mo, Mm -hmm. uh, with Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week and kind of the rushing around trying to balance work and attending shows. So Mm -hmm. um, the simple life really ties beautifully into the the idea of um, eco-friendly, conscientious purchasing, um, sustainability. And it really is more, I mean, I've always said as a trend analyst that fashion is a consequence of society, a consequence of a lifestyle or a consequence of how we think. So this particular trend entitled uh, Simple Life is a story of light, optimism and a youthful energy. it really focuses on young urbanites with a strong connection to nature and a respect for the environment in the city. Um, they bring the outside in through the warmth of unfinished wood, botanical prints, and textured finishes. Now, if you anyone um, like myself, uh, you sort of try and engage quite substantially with the outside world when you live in a big city um, you suddenly kind of get the urge to go out of Josie for a weekend and immerse yourself in an environment that makes you feel quite small and sort of realigns you and and changes your perspective a little so it really is um, a conscious 
element of simplicity. However, it, it isn't sort of a handmade, um, as you were saying, it's not like a hemp quality to it. It is really um, a natural mix that is mixed with high style and sophisticated design. Everyone mm. seems to think that eco-friendly or sustainability means really poor design, <laughs> and it really doesn't necessarily mean so. So the specific group that are buying into this specific trend, um, uh, the sort of consumer typology are young middle-class professionals, chefs, creatives, people such as ourselves who are seeking more, um, fleeing the city on weekends for, you know, a country shack or a beach house. Uh, their commitment to a natural lifestyle goes beyond forays to the rise in what we see in farmers' markets or outdoors markets, maboning, neighbor goods, you name it, with handmade products or bespoke products um, emerging. They fill their city apartments with potential plants, grow their own organic vegetables in kitchen gardens and rooftop oases and organize community plots. And we're seeing quite a strong sense of community coming out um, and really an engagement with nature and um and the city and one of such buildings is the new building going up in the Maboning precinct designed by the architect um the world famous architect but African architect uh, named David Ajay uh, where most of the environment is engaging by bringing plants into what used to be the Hallmark Towers, as we know it in the fashion industry, mm -hmm. which used to house a lot of CMTs, is now being altered into this beautiful oasis um, or living oasis by David Ajay. So homes and clothes are light, bright and natural, colors inspired by nature, folksy textiles, fresh greens and warm pastels reflect the colors of the greenhouse. Although they've grown up in a tech age, the specific consumer typology, uh, which includes myself, we seek something a little bit more tactile, lo-fi experiences with a certain nostalgia for for our parents' youth. Um, we've seen this kind of throwback for about five to six years. It was a trend that started um, uh, with the title as reverse austerity, where we started repurposing furniture, we started revisiting vintage and retro clothing, and then started um, upcycling clothing. And this is just gone on to become a universal trend that is now rolling out in places like H&M who are doing, you know, a, a sort of sustainability range. Um, so there is this kind of um, so aspirational quality for uh, spending time outdoors, um, you know, going on picnics, cycling, uh, walking, and really having authentic experiences and this is kind of translating into the color palette for fashion um, where we see more like a, a spinach green coming through a milky blue which is kind of a chalky blue a paradise uh, green which is more lime orientated green a lemonade which is a pale um, subdued yellow and a lotus which is more of a sort of dusty pink and then of course for those of us who love color 
spiced coral, which is more of a red tone that is uh, combined with a coral tone. And it really does translate into many aspects of our lifestyle, and particularly um, this trend resonates um, in fashion with a lot of print. We're seeing a lot of 1970s-inspired prints with a throwback to designers like um, Raymond Ozzie Clark. Um, if anyone doesn't know him, please look him up. He's a phenomenal designer from the 1970s. Um, so the Gucci is doing an amazing 70s throwback uh, Naive ditzy florals are coming through, soft geometrics, garden florals, quirky conversationals, birds, wood grain textures, and one of the most massive trends we're starting to see rolling out in South Africa is large leaf prints um, for summer and high summer. So that kind of sums up the lifestyle trend. But I mean, there's many designers, um, you know, such as Lumen, and one of my my personal preferences, a um, a bridal designer uh, label called Dimity, uh, based in Johannesburg, um, uh, run by Wendy Larson, who generates the most beautiful wedding dresses out of um, Chantilly lace and vintage lace, which is, you know, purchased as as something that has been sitting on shelves for a very uh, long amount of time or found in antique stores and repurposed into the most exquisite one-of-a-kind wedding gowns for eco-friendly and those brides who believe in sustainability. Um, so not that I'm getting married anytime soon, but if anyone is um, and they are interested in that particular trend, it's certainly a beautiful website to check out. And that is the trend report uh, from me this week. So um, if you have any questions regarding it, my hashtag on Insta and Twittergram is um, Ask Nicola Cooper. And my handle is at Nicola Coop. Thanks very much. Wow, Nicola. Wow. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Always <laughs> so enticeful and so... Wow, wow. Thank you so much, Nicola. It's really like... I love that whole simple life thing. It's just... Um, it's just cool. And yeah. it's true. Like now I look around and more consciously, I love her reports. More consciously, you realize that everyone wants to be in that little um, simple life yeah. bubble. Not even know? just in fashion, but just Are you all growing over. any tomatoes in your backyard? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you using fresh um, herbs from the garden when you cook? No, not yet. Anyway, um, we want to plug in um, rolling over to um, Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. Edgy, welcome to the show. Hi, Liz. How are you guys doing? Hey, Edgy. How are you doing? You're fine. How are you? I'm good. Are you grow good. Are you growing any tomatoes on the top of your... On, uh, you have a little garden on the top of your building in Manhattan. She's just bashing us. She's just bashing not, us, Edgy. Not yet. Not yet. But listening to you guys now, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and uh, anything else that you might be doing uh, to also play a role in that little bubble we are trying or aspiring to live in, that simple life? I, of course, everybody is, I mean, you can't step away from the environment these days. And, you know, and mm -hmm. fashion, I think, has, is doing so well in trying to identify itself with the general direction of, 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 of the, of, of humanity in terms of the environment. Um, it's just that 
when you come to eco-friendly fa- eco or eco-fashion, you know, the, the core components are susten- sustainability of both human and the environment. So we, we have to survive. We have to be able to survive and also for the environment to survive while we still look um, beautiful. Mm. And I think fashion is doing a lot in, 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 in being a part of that play. But the cost of sustainability, the cost of eco-fashion is very high. You know, um, the, 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 the research involved in turning, in making fabrics like bamboo and hemp, uh, hemp, hemp and flax are okay, but a fabric like bamboo, which is very desirable in eco-fashion, uh, the, the, the costs to actually make it, the, the, to make it sustainable are not that cheap. And we are trying, it's getting a lot better, but you know, you have to make it wearable and it's got to be able to, to take color. It's got to be able to keep shape. All of those things, uh, are not a cheap affair. Yeah, they do impact. They are there in a sense, but they are slow in coming, you know. And the overall cost of repurposing and recycling isn't that cheap either. So I think, but I do think that fashion is is a big player in how the environment shapes up, you know. And I think that we are trying, um, you know, there are low, low, low impact dyes being used generally, but... You know, in Africa, I, I think Africa is well positioned to be a major player in eco, in eco, in eco fashion because of, we just have a lower degree of pollution at the moment. And if we can get players involved, you know, the big stores and just like Dominique was saying, and it's so cool that Dominique is doing what she's doing because that is, you know, coming out of Africa, that's huge, you know. But to get other players to come in so that we grow a kind of consciousness where it's visible in Africa that we do care about the environment from a fashion perspective, you know. Mm. Very nice. Dominique. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned that um, we, um, we're doing a lot to help the environment and it's easy for us to forget that we're actually a part of the environment. We're not separate from it. No matter what we do, we influence the environment. So um, it's just those small decisions really do help. They really do. (laughs) And I think it's nice that um, Dominique is reminding us because I think we live in such a world where I think some people think environment lives in A and then they live in B or they are B and environment is A when the truth is A and B is we are the environment, you know? Absolutely, we, we 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 are one. So I I think it's nice. It's the simple little things that we forget and take for granted um, on a day to day basis. But this is a very nice topic to bring us back to reality. Yeah, and I do think us, you know, who lives on the African continent, I think being eco friendly or sustainable is much more easier than Edge and them who sits in, in, in New York City in the concrete jungle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think for us it, it's so much easier to strive, you know, and, and to, to really work harder to become this eco and even in terms of saving our water and recycling water and just in, in general recycling. Um, it, it all yeah. comes back to education. It all comes back to just having a little bit of an understanding of what you're wearing against your skin. Um, we even need to consider what those chemicals actually do when they're against your skin. Wow. Um, do you know that um, clothing with a wrinkle-resistant finish is usually treated with formaldehyde? And that's something that is against your skin. I was going to say formaldehyde, <laughs> which is... <laughs> formaldehyde is a chemical used to preserve dead animals. 
Yeah, it's hor- it's quite horrible stuff, and I don't really want it against my skin if I can help it. And um, yeah, I would just like to know what's in the fabric. <laughs> wow. Absolutely, wow! You make me want to throw away my a, a pants I really love <laughs> <laughs> that might have those chemicals. <laughs> and, and other things like bamboo. Um, it's a fiber that you mentioned. Um, one, it can be wonderful, but a lot of bamboo production is really, really bad for the environment because it uses so much chemical um, input to break the fiber down. It's the same as creating a viscose. Mm. They break this down into a chemical sludge and extrude it like spaghetti. Mm. And then it, it needs a huge amount of dye to take color. So um, it has been marketed as an ecologically friendly fiber. But it's really not. Um it can be, but because it's easy to grow, but not oh. always, not always. There's deep, there's deeper levels to everything. Mm. Wow, edgy! So, so, wow, <laughs> are you still there? Yes, I'm absolutely there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. edgy. What would be your parting shot on this eco fashion um, conversation with the you know that we are having in studio today? To those who are listening, to those who are not sure, to those who are trying to get more educated around <laughs> uh, what it actually yes. means, to those who aspire and thrive to be a bit more eco-friendly this year, what would be your parting shots? I think it's just to echo what everybody, everybody has been saying, just respect for the environment in, in our buying decisions for clothing. Hmm. Absolutely. And Dominic, um, as you don't go anywhere, we want to do the who you want to dress and why. But um, <laughs> Dominic, before we get into who you want to dress and why, how can uh, we be in touch with you? Um, you can find us on our website, which is www.lunalife.co.za or on Facebook, Lunar Clothing. Um, yeah. Wow. It's been great. Straight Absolutely. to who would you want to dress and why. <laughs> um, We're going to start with... Uh, you can start with me. Okay, have, we're going to start yes. with not Edgy today, but with Morwick. Morwick, <laughs> um, who would you want to dress and why? You know, after doing a bit of research and doing some work, I came across um, Karl Lagerfeld. And, you know, Karl, he just needs a complete change. I'm going to bash him a bit. Yes, I love the way he... He's, you know, he has the same constant, boring, big color. So I just think there is something else to give the man a bit of color. Great. He's very classical, ret- uh, you know, a retro um, classic man. You know, he's a big influence in the fashion industry. But I think him just wearing that same big color black suit, I mean, it's boring. We need to spice him up with something about l'Afrique. l'Afrique. <laughs> Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? Well, um, I'm still going to stay with the panel, and I'm still going no, to No, don't be boring. Don't no, be boring. No, I'm not being boring. You carry on, Edgy. Okay. I just want to tell you, like, that last week, he absolutely, I mean, he absolutely did blow my mind away with him. <laughs> with, <laughs> which was such a different from what I've always seen. So I just want to say thank you to Morwick. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, and who would you want to dress this week? It's me. Again? He's sticking with me. Okay, yes. all right, Dominic. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Re- I thought you were just reiterating <laughs> on the fact that you wanted to dress him last week. Dominic, who would you want to dress and why? Um, I'd have to say Angelina Jolie. Um, she's a beautiful spirit, and she comes from all this wealth and privilege, but she gives back. And uh, I think she's a natural kind of a dresser anyway, and I'd, I'd love to dress her. 
Wow. I would want to dress Ellen DeGeneres this week in a little beautiful Liz Ogumbo stuffed mini African print skirt. The, uh, some high heels and, and something else, maybe a bralette. You know, I'd love <laughs> to see her look like uh, a Liz Muse. So I would definitely go for Ellen. Anyway, um, for those who are tuned in, this is the Fashion Lab. We've been talking eco fashion. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so even though we are leaving now, uh, we would love to also encourage you to think about how you can operate a bit more consciously when it comes to your business. And this is not just subject to fashion. I mean, any business, uh, should be actually operating on this, uh, on this zone and mode. But thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you, Edgy, for also coming on with your, um, segment. Thank you, Dominic, for joining us in studio. Um, and thank you for all, to all our listeners. I mean, we are here every Thursday, 1 to 2 p.m. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear from you. Twitter is Fashion Lab AF. That's where we hold it down. Um, so you can feel free to continue to uh, have this conversation with us um, on social media. Take it easy. Be safe. Uh, be conscious about the environment. And, uh, and what you wear. Pos- yeah. yeah. Peace <laughs> and love. Peace and love. Ciao, ciao, everyone. Goodbye. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com Keeping it real on CliffCentral.com